welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And this is the longest-running podcast about sitcom on the planet, apparently, I gather. I find that very likely, actually. Yeah. Yeah. If you can find another podcast uh, about sitcom writing that has been going longer than us, then let us know, yeah. and uh, we, we will uh, we'll have them removed. Absolutely, yeah. And this is a rare one, because we're in the same room together, which is a joy. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is exciting. Uh, it's sli- slightly odd. We're not used to it after all those years, but yeah. uh, it is great. It's yeah. great to be uh, here, and to have you here at my house, James. Very, very Thank you for having me. Cracking tea. Thanks and, very much. Uh, you're welcome. Today, uh, we're going to talk all about... Actually, we're going to talk about um, audio. We're going to talk about a little bit about podcasts um, and how now is probably the best time, as, as good a time as it's ever been, to think about uh, writing for audio. Now, of course, two or three years ago, we would have just said writing for radio, but um, that's all changed now, hasn't it, James? Absolutely. Um, he says, <laughs> speaking into a microphone that costs £15, and the microphone stand costs more than the actual microphone. <laughs> And in a way, I think what I want to just kick off with is just how how easy it is to do audio. I know we make it sound difficult on this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, we find all kinds of ways of technically wrecking it uh, and uh, hamstringing ourselves. But my overall headline is the fact that it's really hard to make a good YouTube video that looks like it could be on the television. But it's comparatively very easy to create some audio that sounds like it could be on broadcast radio. And therefore, if you're at all interested in audio, making it yourself is an option. And we're going to get on to BBC radio and how that's even still a thing and what the opportunities are within comedy. But before that, I just thought it would be good uh, to talk about audio generally and how we now live in a world where even mentioning podcasts to people doesn't make them angry like it used to, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, definitely. And I mean, actually, just just to pick you up on the one thing you said there about uh, you can make it sound like something that would be broadcast. And actually, we listen so much more now that one of the podcasts that I listen to quite regularly that's got millions and millions of listeners, one of the most popular podcasts uh, in the world. And even that, the other week, there was a bloke being interviewed and his dog was barking and interrupting it in the middle as he's sort of trying to explain some yeah. some uh, kind of quite important point um, about creativity. And also he had a, the mic kind of clipped in and out occasionally. So you'd lose a, a sentence here and there. So it actually, you don't even necessarily have to have something that sounds radio broadcast uh, yeah. quality, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good enough is good enough, it turns mm. out. Uh, whereas previously radio comedy was recorded in a room that was almost entirely made of felt uh, yeah. with a microphone that cost £6,000 and, and never moved. Um, but actually, for a thousandth of that, you can get something that's probably uh, 50% as good. Uh, so, so there. But just to talk in terms of audience, there is now a greater and greater demand because of podcasts and because of Audible. People are now much more wise to audiobooks, audio content, audio, you know, there's now enriched readings of stuff. Audible are pouring a lot of money into getting really good casts to read books and occasionally split them up into parts. There are apps, uh, I think there's one called Apollo, which is for mostly sort of scripted drama and comedy and those sorts of things. And in general, the world is your oyster when it comes to audio and it's within reach. And people are listening to stuff. Now, admittedly, as is usually the case, 10% 
of the content is listened to by 95% of the audience. Uh, but the point is, when it comes to comparing it to spending tens of thousands of pounds or at least thousands of pounds on an Edinburgh show to be formed where you're performing a show to potentially dozens of people <laughs> if you're lucky yeah and maybe over a month and you get an average audience of 30 which is pretty good mm-hmm. you're, that's a thousand people now you could spend all that time and money making some audio that could be listened to a thousand people that will be there in the in the ether in the internet for many years to come you, you know that's actually quite a big budget for audio so there are options available uh, there is a demand for audio there and and uh, therefore, there are opportunities for people who want to get their writing out there. Yeah, and I think also quite apart from that, um, and the fact that it is affordable and that it is worth doing, it's also something which you can, uh, you will get instant feedback for, and you mm. can if you make an episode of your show and it turns out five people listen to it. Okay, we'll make another episode and see what happens, and maybe thirty people will listen to it, and then maybe make another episode and three hundred people. Yeah. But each time you're doing it, you're also learning as a writer. You're learning what works uh, and what doesn't, and you're you're learning through the process of of making your own stuff. Which again, we 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 have come a long way on that uh, mm. discussion since we started this podcast in 2015 uh, at which point we used to say oh no you don't want to make your own stuff yeah. but actually in fact what you used to say back then is pretty much what you said just now which is that you know it is really really hard to make something for, on YouTube that looks good TV quality and mm. I, I think the the main difference now is that it that as we was just saying about about audio is it sort of doesn't quite matter so much yeah. if you've got a point of view or something funny to say or a short way of saying yeah. it you can you can get away with it not being that fantastic to look at yeah. if it's well written absolutely there's a uh, there's a instagram channel i follow there's a guy called is he called johnny stage door or something right and it's one and this is increasingly common one person playing two different parts in a sketch cutting yeah. between them right and a lot of the sketches are essentially one character uh, saying, okay, so how does the past tense of these words work? And the other one is saying, is basically giving all the exceptions. So, and, and it, the, you know, the joke is that English makes absolutely no logical sense and it, it's really well executed. They're about 45 seconds, maybe a minute and a half and that kind of thing. So there is that two-hander where you are both parts and that kind of... But again, that's that's quite hard to do because you, mm. you need to be able to edit that together. And for some people, just opening up iMovie on a Mac is already like, oh, I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. So so audio is, I think, is really a good place to start. And I just want to give out one really good example of someone who's made it work for themselves because they're not even working with actors necessarily. There's a podcast called Leanne's Spare Fridays. And uh, this is by uh, J.Y. Saville. And uh, she's a, a writer that I've gotten to know a little bit. And she just writes really well for herself. She reads, she reads it. So it feels like a sitcom. It's sitcom length and it feels like you're listening to a sitcom, but it's a story, almost sort of Alan Bennett style as a story. And it's just a really nice story and it's really funny. And uh, she's she's done three episodes so far, sort of one a month starting in December. And it's all about this character's relationship with their sister living at home. And it's just a really nice show, but it's, it is literally all in the writing. And then she does a nice reading of it, you know, in a voice that kind of suits the material. Uh, an actor would probably do it differently. Uh, from her if she got someone else to do it 
but she's just kind of made that work and it's just a really good example of her writing and I think speaks really well of what she's trying to do so go and have a listen to Leanne Spare Fridays and you know firstly I think you'll enjoy it because I think it's a nice funny show but also it will make you think well I, I could do that you know that that's not beyond me to do that so maybe just have a think about um, how you could do that kind of thing yeah I mean just to be a little bit practical about it I guess you know you want obviously the writing is the the really important aspect of it yeah and you want to go through the all the processes that we talk about all the time about writing and getting your story right and your characters and all that but actually just over and above that and I um you 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 probably I mean James does the, the the bulk of the editing on this show. Mm. Um, I say the bulk. It's about ninety nine, ninety nine percent. Is I, that, that I, bulk defined? I'm by very that? happy to do it. I've basically on. edited two or three out of two hundred and whatever episodes. So, what would you say in terms of you know um, once once the show is recorded, how much work is it to then do it and get it out there? And uh, that's a good question. So. There is going to be work and you can either do it at the beginning or the end, by which I mean, if you want to record slightly long and edit, then that means you're going to do work at the end in terms of the audio product. But if you want to write it really tightly and carefully and require minimal editing and you just you just read the whole thing and it could be 12 minutes, it could be 28 minutes or, or whatever. But either way, you're going to do some editing. And so you might want to do it script wise or you might want to do it audio wise. And some people just do it differently. You can do that for free on Audacity on a PC or on GarageBand uh, on a Mac. Um, and then in terms of uploading uh, podcasts and that sort of thing, I would look at there's a podcast channel called Buzzsprout. And I use Buzz, Buzzsprout for other podcasts that I do. I do a, a God bothering one called Cooper and Carey Have Words. And we use Buzzsprout for that. And they do really good how to videos and just break it down into steps. So there's lots of good advice out there uh, for just getting your audio out there and just a bit of polish, a bit of a bit of music at the beginning or end, which you can probably find for free on public domain sound effects. If you go to free sound, uh, there are lots of public domain sound, sound effects there. Um, so it, it can be done. But just, uh, I would look at the Buzzsprout um, uh, video, YouTube videos and, and they'll tell you how to sen- essentially start a podcast and this will be a way of getting some audio stuff um, out there. And there are free ways of doing that too. Buzzsprout charge a monthly fee, but there are free things like Anchor and those sorts of things, which have upsides and downsides as well. But it's it's not technically that hard to do that stuff. The main qualification you need is to want to do it. Right. Um, yeah. And if, if you really just can't imagine it and it's just like audio is not your thing, then that's fine. Then, then don't do that. Try, try some other things. But if you think you could have a go, and if you, especially if you listen to a lot of audio and listen to a lot of scripted audio as well, then, um, then I think it's worth having a look at. Yeah, I, I, I agree, definitely. And uh, really useful uh, advice. And it is as, as much for, um, you know, wanting to be a writer that, that the, the, in ways that it has become that, that limited for us um, mm. over the years um, in terms of, you know, get, getting stuff on radio and on TV. Mm. But then it has, the, the opportunities have mushroomed really. Uh, and, it, and it is then down to how much you uh, are prepared to, you know, how much effort you are to put prepared prepared to put into your writing and mm. uh, to get something out there. But it's certainly, it's something that, that, you can be imagining, say, a year from now. Well, let's say a year from now, I'd like to have 
written and recorded six 15 minute episodes yeah. of a of a of a show um that is not outside the realms of possibility um and it's you know it, it's it's not such a massive uh thing to try to, to try that it's yeah. going to be uh sort of uh, impossible for you so it's a, it's just a, a a nice sort of starting point and Crucially, you know, you you get to do it and you get to keep control of it. Yeah. Uh, and and um, you know, and and also, you know, you just learn a lot about the process yeah. al- along the way, and that's that's just really helpful. You don't necessarily want to become a radio producer or a TV producer, but you want to know when other people are producing your work you want to understand what's going on what the process is yeah and, and that would be a perfect way to do it I think. yeah and i think the other thing as you were saying there just made me think if you do six episodes then what you're doing then is really getting practice in thinking of episodes rather than obsessing and fixating on one pilot tv script of 30 pages that you're just endlessly fiddling with and tinkering with for a year or two years the moment you just go i'm going to record it and then i'm going to write another one i'm going to record it i'm going to write another one i'm going to record it, i'm going to write another one just gets you into that habit and that discipline uh, of this is what, if you want to be a sitcom writer, you are signing up for the idea that you need to be able to turn around episodes relatively quickly. And therefore you might as well get a head start on that. And so, you know, that, that would be another reason that you can just dip your toe in by doing uh, audio. But the other thing I was going to say is just have a think about as well, rather than just trying to turn, if you've got one passion project idea, it may be that, an audio version of it is not the way to go. And therefore you just think, well, what could I do that would really find an audience that would make my writing look good and that I could execute in a way? So for, for me, as, as I said, I've got another podcast, which is a God-bothering podcast, and regular listeners will know that I'm, I'm an Anglican. I go to the Anglican church. So one thing I could do if I wanted a side project or to show my writing would be to think, oh, okay, I'll imagine that I'm a vicar in a parish doing a podcast and he's trying to save the world through a podcast. And I know that that could get a potential audience from people who, you know, who are in that world. And, you know, it's a character comedy. It's not me. It's not my voice, but it's a voice that I could write in and just see how it goes. Or I could do, you know, any number of things. So it might be worth just thinking, is there a character I could do that could find an audience within a particular sensibility or world rather than just, rather than just it's just a funny thing you know think how could you write something that's audio and regular that you could actually promote and where could you promote it yeah. as well well that was in fact the next thing I was going to mention is one what one thing to add and I do think this this is this is the way that things are going and it's certainly we've talked about it a lot in terms of uh, novels and, mm. and self-publishing and things is that you should also be thinking about uh, but getting it getting it out there and h- how you're getting it out there and who you're getting it out there to. Mm. And one thing you would consider, for example, would be to go on podcasts yeah. and talk about it. And, you know, uh, I, I could probably find 25 podcasts yeah. now that would say, oh, this person's just come up with this uh, funny podcast idea about an Anglican yeah. uh vicar in some tiny little village who wants to save the world uh it's a really funny idea let's get that james carey guy on our podcast to talk about it yeah and i realize this does sound very much like a sort of uh meta wheels within wheels uh you know kind of 
something something that feels like it's a, you're inside a bubble but actually you know this this i think is the way things are going you know this you, is how you incubate stuff yeah. i mean this is just i mean it's a hell of a lot easier than getting an edinburgh audience to come in and see sure. your show yeah yeah um so you know what is a niche like maybe you're a maybe you've got an idea for a true crime thing and you know true crime's kind of big at the moment so you might get a bit of discoverability through being yeah. a true crime but you know, is there somebody you know with a podcast or something like that or a blog who would be able to interview you about mm. it? So in a way, part of the promotion of whatever it is you write is to think, have I created something that I could actually promote? Who is this for? And that is the whole that is the whole reason that genre exists yeah. is because it it's it's giving your product a head start. Yeah. And in fact, uh, I'm quite excited, looking forward to at some point fairly soon we're going to be talking to uh, Danny Robbins who oh. we've both known for 20 odd years yeah. uh, as a comedy writer and he's written sitcom and sketches and things but he's actually uh, he's written plays as well in the past but he's be he's become fantastically successful in the last sort of year or two years with his um, Radio 4 show about ghosts mm. uh, uncanny yeah. and basically he's just taken something that's his, his his hobby mm. and run with it yeah, yeah. and you know and f tapped into something kind of in the way that you know ghosts yeah. on uh, bbc one has as well just and, tap and, tapped yeah. into something that is there we all we all had a kind of relationship to it and yeah. we didn't realize that we did until yeah. uh, until danny and the the cast of ghosts sort of pointed it out to us yeah and uncanny is um the the bbc radio show and bbc sounds is now going to be a tv show yeah uh, so this is how it starts. Having said that, you know, it'd be great to talk to Danny when he comes, but Danny's been interested in this stuff for, for years and years and years. Yeah. And he did a, you know, I think I might've said this before, there was about 20 minutes for which, during which Channel 4 had radio. Oh, yes. I Channel 4 that. radio. Yeah. <laughs> and he did a thing about, um, about that. So uh, for them, you know, and I can't imagine anybody listened to it. I did. And I, I, I met up with him afterwards to talk about it because I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of our stuff about the upsides of audio. It may be that you're excited about reading, reading around with a cast, getting a few cheap microphones and a Zoom H6, which is what I'm currently recording this on. And, you know, for not much money, you can read around, get a couple of pizzas, you know, rehearse it, read it, edit it, you know, send send it, get it out there, yeah. and then you, write another one, do it yeah. again, and use the cardboard boxes from the pizza to soundproof the room. Absolutely, as well. so, yes. You know, order extra practical. pizzas for soundproofing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the overall genre uh, of audio that that I think it's never been a better time to be making audio. There's not that much money in it directly, I would probably say. Mm -hmm. But having said that, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. It doesn't lose money like no, the Edinburgh Festival does. I was about does. to say, and compared to the already mentioned Edinburgh Festival, yeah. it's not, you don't start at minus £8,000 yeah. and then see where it goes. Yeah, so. exactly. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a professional comedy writer? Well, here's your chance. On Sunday the 23rd of April at the Bill Murray Comedy Club uh, in Angel, um, I'm going to be running a 
conference where you get to meet people with compatible skills to yours, other writers, and you work collaboratively in groups and produce uh, comedy sketches, one topical one-liners and pitching sitcoms, and they'll all be showcased at the end of the session in front of everyone else. Uh, sounds terrifying? That's good, because that's exactly how it feels when you're in the studio waiting for the performers to deliver, to deliver your gag or uh, enact your sitcom. So uh, join me for that half-day conference. And um, if you want to find out more, you can email me, funnyup02 at gmail.com. And uh, you can sign up for this day uh, on its own. Or if you decide to go to the British Comedy Guide conference as well on the Saturday, um, then it's a a bit cheaper. So uh, drop me a line and uh, let me know what you want to do. And look forward to seeing you there. Uh, But hurry up because it is selling out quite quickly. The fact is, BBC Radio, and particularly BBC Radio 4 and BBC Sounds, are still a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, how is that, Dave? And, and how can also people be thinking about how to be trying to get a show on the radio, which is where I started and where you started? Yeah, well, it's about 17 years ago that I started to think about teaching of writing comedy. And I remember at that time, so it was about 2005, 2006, uh, I was thinking... Okay, well, radio is the best way in, but radio is surely, surely now. This is the end. The internet has is is going to kill off radio, in the same way that internet killed the radio. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Mm. But but before that, it was indeed thought that video would kill the radio star. Mm. It was thought that uh, you know video would kill the movies. Uh, It was thought that TV would kill radio. So you know, radio has at least nine lives. It just keeps going, and BBC Radio Comedy, even more so, is just it. It is astonishing (laughs) that it is still there. I mean, like I don't know how many producers there were when you started. When I started. Uh, the, in the famous sort of uh, Langham Street corridor, there were 16 radio producers, mm. uh, all producing hours and hours of content for Radio mm. for, uh, Radio 4, Radio 2. Um, it went down, I guess that were probably down to about 12 when you started, or was yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. And I think it's subsequently gone down to eight. So there's sort of a 50% drop in producers. Of in-house BBC in-house. audio. But then? The, yeah, then the mushrooming of the uh, independent uh, production companies, um, of which there are approximately 6,482,000. Yeah. yeah, and they're kind of, they, they, they're not even, it's not even like uh, TV, where I think it's sort of, uh, they have to take 50% of independent stuff. I think they only have to take 20% of uh, yeah. content from independent companies. So there are these independent companies, which is often basically one person, yeah. Uh, like David Tyler, for instance, who we've spoken to, um, John Holmes, who we had on, uh, mm. we had on one of our, our master classes. So they're, they're, it's it's an individual who uh, pitches to Radio Four, and if they're lucky, they get maybe sort of two or three shows on in a year, and mm. that'll be just about enough for them to scrape by and make a living for themselves and get some money for a writer um, and and put on put on shows. So. Um, it is, and and the num- the number of uh, slots that are available has decreased as well as not just the number of producers, but it's still there, yeah. and it still makes stuff, and it's still uh, probably one of the best ways to get into yeah. a career writing uh, writing comedy, becoming a comedy writer. Yeah. In particular, yeah, as you say, it's still there. 
add up the number of total broadcast hours, I mean, it, they, they, they're probably not what they were 20 years ago, but it's still a lot. They're still very committed to comedy every day at 6.30 on a yeah. weekday. And there are evening slots and morning slots. And um, again, not what they were, but 52 weeks a year we're talking here. This yeah. is not, you know, so compared to, it's still probably more than BBC One, Two and Three television combined. Um, and also it feels like there is still a great desire and appetite to take a chance on new voices, new talent, emerging yeah. talent. And, um, and, and therefore I think one's chance of success, although not as possibly good as they might've been when there was more talent and less, when there was more slots and less competition, there is, you're not wasting your time by having a go, I think. No, I agree. And I think also what, what um, is important is that those producers are, that, that, that those eight producers or whatever there are, and maybe like four or five of them have already well, well established and they've got all, in more than enough people that they want to work with. But there'll mm. be two or three newer producers working at the BBC and they are actively looking for new people they're actively uh, looking to get to know you so even if at this stage you don't have anything ready to show or to to mm. talk about you should just get to know just send a nice friendly email and say you know if you listen to a radio show and you like it and you listen to the name of the producer at the end send them an email and say blah hello i'm next i'm a want to be a comedy writer i really like that show that you did and you know can i meet you and just talk to them and find out what at yeah. that moment they might be looking for yeah um even better yeah. email them i like i really liked your show i've got one or two ideas but if you click over here, I've made a brief audio thing. Yeah. You know, here is my podcast. There are three episodes. This is the kind of thing, you know. And you, you can do that. And if they're audio and you've made some audio, they're going to have to have quite a compelling reason to not click the link. Yeah. So make life easy for yourself. And therefore, but, you know, don't rush something through so you can send that email off. But this is why you need to be building up a body of work so that when you do approach somebody, you can say, this is what I've done. Even if it's not broadcast credits, you've got examples of work that you've done that sets you apart from the majority of other people who are emailing. Mm. And, um, for instance, and we have talked a lot about writing topical comedy, which which is sort of probably the, the 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 main way into getting a credit at this point and there are lots of shows now there's 30 weeks of breaking the news there's uh there's a, another new that's a scottish uh mm. bbc scotland then there's uh there's the comedy unit in scotland which is a separate company uh they've got a show which uh, whose name i've forgotten at the moment but then there's uh the bbc itself has got an uh, an open door show um dms are open dms are open which will be coming back soon and of course there's the john holmes's show the skewer which is sort of fabulously winning lots of awards and um so there are lots and lots of ways in and let's say you get a joke on one of those shows or a little sketch on the skewer it's not it's very very easy for you to just go to bbc sounds take that take the clip of that thing mm. and stick it on you know like if it won't take you long to get like a sort of a minute and a half show reel of, of these are my gags that i've had on breaking the news yeah. and here was a sketch that i had on the skewer so that's that's a very easy way if you are going in it it's not it's not the way it was when james and i started that you did topical shows and you automatically if you did well 
you'd start to get asked to do more things. Mm. It's a slower, slower process now, partly because, as we say, that 16 producers now eight producers, and they, they, there's just not as much money to make shows as there was yeah. then. So, but it is still the way to to get in because these producers they are are going to be tomorrow's tv producers they're going to be tomorrow's mm. heads of comedy and um you know they're going to want that the, the people that they meet at the start are the people that they're going to take with them yeah uh and f- funnily enough i was listening to a thing about um that um griff reese jones was being interviewed about a couple of days a few w- weeks ago on uh Radio 4 about something but then they started talking to him about uh, uh, the uh, presenter of the Today programme had sent jokes in to Weekending in the 1970s and he he kept the letter that Griff Rhys Jones had written to him when he was producer. It was a very sweet little moment on the yeah. radio and Griff Rhys Jones explained what happened, uh, how he became a radio producer. And basically he said there was a whole bunch of them in the mid-1970s. All these people from world who had fought in the war and become radio producers were all retiring in the mid-70s. And suddenly this group of people, and he just mentioned this string of names himself, Douglas Adams, yeah. Jimmy Mulville, Jeffrey yeah. Perkins. And, so, and these yeah. are the people who basically ran comedy uh, for 30, 40 years yeah. uh, on uh, TV and radio. So, you know, and they all started together as this sort of bunch of 20-something Oxbridge graduates in the mid-70s. Uh, and that's kind of, that that's what's going to happen here as well. You know, the people that, that are there now, those those young producers i just want to actually mention at this point that generally producers are either sort of young and uh, starting out and looking for new writers or they're already so successful that they don't they've got their people and they don't need you anymore so it's very very rare that there are producers who actually are both of these things but i want to particularly mention because i think it's really worth mentioning that David Tyler, who we've had mm. on, uh, we've we've interviewed a few times here. Um, Bill Dare, who does a lot of, uh, who does shows like Dead Ringers and the Mary Whitehouse Experience, and uh, he's got a show called Please Use Other Door, uh, which is a sketch show now. And as I mentioned earlier, John Holmes, who uh, created The Skewer uh, and has been a sort of producer and performer on radio for 20, 25 years. And I mention them because they are all actively looking for new writers. Mm. David had this sort of massive script competition a couple of years ago. 600 people entered that. And he still reads everything that is sent to positive. Bill says to me, when are you going to send me some more people from your from sitcom geeks you know right. bill says i want more writers he's got right. a sketch if they get a third series of please use other door which is no reason why they shouldn't then you know he wants new writers john holmes keeps using new writers on the skewer mm. uh and so you know i just want to say these people they are really worth knowing and they are all very successful people and it's 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 a, it's a little cottage industry you know James you and I we both know all those three people really well yeah we're a small little uh you know sort of tiny group of misfits who Mm. all kind of came together through Radio 4 at different times you know I was there in the late uh, early 80s and you were there the sort of late late 90s. 90s yeah um, we do all know each other, yeah. we, you know, and it is an amazing place, and they, they they do produce incredible stuff. Yeah. So it is really worth thinking about, you know, getting getting a career, you know, starting your career with comedy. Yeah. <laughs> 
James here, just interrupting to say, I don't know if you know this, but I've got a little YouTube channel called The Situation Room. And if you go over to there on YouTube, you will find a number of videos in which I explain plotting and writing and various frustrations of being a writer. And you might find the visual format quite helpful. So go over and have a look on YouTube for The Situation Room and you will get to see my face saying the words and helping you write situation comedy. And there are links below as well to mailing lists and all those sorts of things too. So go on over to YouTube and try it out. So let's talk concrete terms in terms of what Radio 4 are actually looking for now. You know, what should people be thinking about rather than just forming these vague relationships? Well, they ha- they have two commissioning rounds, and there's a commissioning round that's probably just come to an end, um, which is the and the main one, which is the sort of spring round, um, and then they do a much smaller one in the autumn, which is just kind of all, any gaps that came as a result of the spring round. Um, so, what we're talking about at this point is uh, spring 2024. So that's good. It's, you've got you've got a year. You know what sort of things are they looking for a year from now and the clues are come really from what uh julia mckenzie who's the head of uh the comedy output uh the comedy commissioner for bbc sounds uh for, for radio 4 the sort of thing she's looking for she mentioned that she's uh definitely wants to have a new sketch show up and running which is fantastic news again we've done episodes very recently we've talked about you know why you should write sketches and yeah. uh and what we've been saying for the last six months is just because there aren't any shows where you can write sketches, you should that doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing it. So you should still definitely be giving it a go. Well, now there are shows. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Bill's show, Please Use Other Door. And Julie is looking for a big show. And, you know, she's just... Oh, yeah. On that, I would just say, though, what I wouldn't necessarily do is write uh, a 30-page series of sketches based around a concept and say... Problem solved, I have a sketch show ready to go. It, I suspect that that sketch show will be coordinated, imagined and assembled by someone known mm. who will then require more writers, do you think? Well, that's what I mean, that's happening now. In fact, that's what she asked for now. So um, some, uh, as we speak, a lot of big companies and a lot of well-known people will be putting together their projects and, and add, yeah. add, adding, adding talent, adding names to it. And over the course of this year, something, probably two or three, there'll be maybe two or three people will have different uh, projects that are moving forward. But a year from now, there will probably be a new sketch show. Mm. Um, and hopefully that will show will start coming out a year from now. And that will be th- at that point you would want, be wanting to write sketches. But I mean, I, what I'm saying at this point is it's worth, it's certainly worth thinking of your own ideas for sketches and just mm. seeing where that that takes you yeah. um not not as you said not actually pitching your own sketch show as as yeah. you say there but they're also looking for uh other things that they're looking for are the audience for radio 4 the demographic is famously about sort of 93 years old but uh, no i it, think well, they insist that it isn't they say it's now oh, actually people in their 40s and 50s actually yeah. when it's like well okay fine whatever yeah. and i think it's sort of Radio 4 is not ever going to be uh, BBC 3. You yeah. know, it's never going to be Channel 4. But I think, and I think this is quite an interesting take, Julia is interested now in ideas uh, that the kind of 
things that younger people are having to deal with. Right. Again, we've talked a lot about when we get scripts from people that are written by a 20-something writer that's uh, about a bunch of 20-somethings who all live in a flat together and just sort of talk or shout at each other, whatever. But she's actually sort of asking for that, but at the same time saying, you know, all the things that that younger people are having to deal with now, like, you know, being set up for a life of debt, for instance, not ever assuming you're ever going to own your own place, mental health issues, so many things. I mean, so many things that we don't, that are happening now and that probably Radio 4 hasn't sort of looked at in the past. So if you are... Uh, at the younger end or if you have an understanding of uh, people at the younger end you know you might want to consider that in terms of a kind of a sit yeah for your con yeah i would still just think carefully about it being a radio four show so although uh so there is it is worth having an intergenerationality about it so my, my own show of uh, think the unthinkable many years ago had the advantage of it being about a team of young people but going into companies run by people twice their age right. and in a way that was sort of the joke is that yeah. you've got people in their 20s and 30s telling people in their 50s and 60s exactly how to run their businesses right and, and so how to push the envelope how to push, yes exactly yeah. and all that kind of stuff in the yeah. days when pushing the envelope was an absurd thing to say and now yeah. somehow <laughs> the consultants have won yeah and we are uh, now in that you know up, down is up sort of world so so it is worth just having a the, the channel and the audience in mind, but having that fresh approach and working out how can I, what's the access point for this rather than just pitching a show that sounds like it should be on B, on Radio 1 if Radio 1 did sitcoms, which they don't. So it's just finessing yeah. that offer really, isn't it? But again, yeah. that's a conversation you can have with a producer yeah. if you've you know got established a relationship based on writing sketches and making mm. a bit of your own stuff as well. Yeah, but I, th- I think what makes it different from saying it being like a Radio One show is the the the, the language that Julia used. I haven't got it to hand here, but she was kind of talking about it in in the way that sort of what Radio Four does best, which mm. I think is that it, it talks about real stuff. You know, you do get you get you've had sitcoms about climate action years before that was yeah. a, a thing. Um, you know, you have sitcoms about. Uh, divorce couples or whatever yeah. and about about issues and things beyond just oh, put a bunch of people in a house or whatever mm. uh, or make them you know they're young and they're hip yeah. so actually young young people's problems is a sort of classic radio four sort of approach to it really yeah, I yeah. think isn't it you know they're not they're not just a bunch of young people they yeah. are you know they kind of have a uh, there's, there's an agenda to it yeah I mean so in that sense the the normal rules apply go back to every previous episode of sitcom geeks where we're asking what's the sitcom about what's it really about you know you know so that's bear that in mind and then i guess there's the other slightly more off the wall kind of stuff isn't there that they do well just before that i mean i think it is worth us yet again putting in a a mention of good old audience sitcom um (laughs) we are still uh fighting i think a losing battle on that wanting to get audience more audience sitcoms made on tv but actually there are more audience sitcoms on radio it is it's it's easier. It certainly it costs the same <laughs> to do an audience, pretty much an audience uh, radio show as it does a non-audience. Or, oh, uh, so a little bit more, I okay. suppose, because having an having to get an audience in there. But in terms of what people 
when people hear an audience sitcom, they don't have that same kind of polarised feeling of love or hate that people seem to have when they watch an audience sitcom. <laughs> I mean, because it's already, the voices are already one 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 thing removed by just being voices. Ah. So uh, laugh, the laughter is one thing removed. I think that's the problem with TV sitcom is that you can see these people and if you personally don't find that show funny, your the laughter is offensive. Yeah, yeah, it it's irrational. You, it actually, gets you quite angry, enraging. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in radio, we're just used to hearing uh, the laughter. You know, most that the whole language of radio from yeah. just a minute. And sorry, I haven't. Uh, sorry, I'll read that again through to sorry, I haven't a clue. So you know, 50, 60, 70 years of hearing an audience yeah. laughing in the background—it's sort of familiar, really. So, yeah. having said that, we had a pretty sniffy person on Twitter when we were repeating Milton Jones's show, basically giving a bit of a you know you and your so-called comedy kind of thing. It's just like, oh, okay. Thank you for taking time out of your day to give yeah. direct negative feedback. Yeah, uh, that doesn't reflect badly on you at all. No. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no. I, I, the, the audience sitcom audio is not dead or TV. I think these things go in waves. So you still well. need to have a big name, I think, because you're looking at the six thirty slot. Yeah. Um, so you need a um, a star name. Yeah. And not that, again, that's out of your hands, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you know someone who knows somebody, and you could get something. But I mean, I'm a, but although uh, again, from personal experience, I find that even if they're not actually the star of the moment, even if they have a very, very good sort of pedigree, mm. um, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a shoe in. So, yeah. uh, so you do still have to be kind of thinking of that about yeah. that. And and again, sort of coming away from what I was saying before about the kind of young people's uh, sitcom is. A 6.30 show doesn't want to be too deep and meaningful, I think. You know, you're just, uh, you're, n you're not getting audiences at their most sort of receptive at 6.30. They're, they're Possibly. Just I mean, I, I thought they didn't even do sitcoms at 6.30 anymore. I thought they they were just making comedy for people who were washing up or cooking dinner and that's or driving yeah. and that's fine. But but I think, I think they do occasionally still have sitcoms okay. at that time. Um, yeah. I just, um, but yeah. um, it, it will be a, a very well-known person probably yeah. if that's the case and then there's the kind of the other stuff there's yeah. there is kind of weird and wonderful stuff especially late and mm. i guess a lot of that comes out of either stuff that you've shown the concept by making it yourself mm. or you've done an edinburgh show you're pretty new and they're giving they're giving you 15 minutes to see what you can do so you know bear those in mind but again all of this stuff will be navigated by a producer who'll be able to guide you into what what are the options but in the meantime it's just worth thinking how can you take control, make stuff that shows what your writing is like? And I think audio is a really good way to do that. It's not for everyone, but I think it's within reach of most people. Or just make a podcast and talk about comedy. I mean, that's that's what yeah. we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, but we'll make a podcast just as yeah. we were saying right at the uh, right at the start. Um, just before we leave, actually, I just thought I wanted to. Uh... <laughs> Uh, we love failure mention. on this show, yes, don't we? we do. So we just thought we'd share it. Yeah, just in case you're thinking, oh, you know, uh, Dave and James up on high in their ivory towers, you know. Well, it's, it's all right all, for them. It's all right for them with their, you know, their fancy uh, podcasts and whatever. Yeah. I did put in a half-formed idea, which wasn't actually really... I, so I, I should stop making excuses now. I, I put in something. Read was, the rejection I email. Will, yes. And this isn't from the BBC. This is from a producer who I've known and worked with a lot over 20 
20 years, I'd say, who wrote back to me when I'd sent him this short pitch for something. And he said, uh, I, he said uh, I've struggled with this. Dave, I've struggled with this uh, because the people involved are great. Uh, so I think it must be me. It just doesn't light my imagination. And it was sort of vaguely topical. He said, maybe I've just been doing non-political stuff for, for too long. He said, I don't think it's something uh, Julia's going to buy. I'm sorry. I can't not be honest with you, Dave. We've been friends too long. There we <laughs> so, go. Uh, so the rejections still come, but they're just, they're just more personal now, aren't they? They are, yeah. And uh, they don't stop being brutal. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to not talk to him ever again. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And on, yeah. and on the flip side, I got a TV rejection from a total stranger yesterday. Oh, so, right. uh, okay. And that was, that was the, uh, we've already got something like it. And when they described it, you go, right. oh, that doesn't sound that much like it. But you obviously... And I said to Saskia Schuster when she was uh, ITV comedy, don't give me the reason. There is only one reason why you didn't commission my show. It's because you didn't like it. <laughs> yep, and I like that. But they keep those rejections coming. And it's like, I think that, what's that phrase about a stranger is a, a stranger is a friend you haven't met yet or something. Oh, I that's think. what Rotarians say, is yeah. it? Or is it Freemasons or something? something yeah. Is there a difference? I don't know. But yeah. a, a rejection is a, is, a, is a commission that you just haven't received yet. <laughs> Wow. Okay, we better that. we better get out of here before yeah. this gets yeah. even even more yeah. uh, even more flimsy. Before I burst into tears. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, Thank everyone. You for listening. Speak See to you, you soon. soon. Bye bye. bye.